and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plastering, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode number 215. Just want to say a quick thanks to everyone who tuned in to episode 214, which dropped about three weeks ago. Um, Moving into this week's show, we've got a real bumper show. We've got five five pre-season matches to round up. We've also got the superb win at Forest Green Rovers on Saturday and also all the news from around the club that's actually been uh, that's been going on there's quite a bit to catch you up on even stuff as we record on Sunday that's been dropping that we've been uh, fortunate enough to capture and uh, let you guys know about in case you might have missed it but as always we always start with a quick word from our sponsors yeah so he's coming up live from Turkey later on in the podcast but HF Plastering led by the wonderful Adam Francis are an Essex based plastering and rendering company they cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work specialising in silicone colour render systems and come on now you must know this by now everyone knows this by now they are the original (laughs) (laughs) they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff an offer taken up by many a Leighton Orient fan and continues to happen so if you want more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices around you can email ajfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit ajfplastering on Facebook or you can tweet them at Big Ads with a Z L O F C on Twitter. And that's not all. We are very, very happy to be now joined in the Orient Outlook podcast family by a new sponsor, someone who's taken up our prediction league spot. Yeah, we'd like to welcome to the Orient family, to the Orient Outlook podcast family, James Cadby. Um, James Cadby is at Design Cadby. Uh, he's our prediction league, or his business is our prediction league sponsor for the twen- season, sorry, 2020-21 season. Uh, Design Cadby are company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design specialists. And all Orient fans and uh, employees of the club get 15% off of his fees. That's a genuine 15% discount. You can find James on social media at Design Cad, Cadby, C-A-D-B-Y. Uh, Facebook is also on Facebook and Instagram. That's the same, uh, Design Cadby. And you can email James if you, are, if you have a company or a business or an idea that you're looking to get a little bit of branding on or a little bit of design and logo expertise. Hello at jamescadby.com is his email address. That will put you in touch with him. And we understand Orient fans have already been in touch. Yeah, so if you've seen our Prediction League logo, our new one, that is designed by James himself. It looks lovely, it's fantastic. really sharp, really smart. So that's just an inkling there of what James can do. So if you need any of what Paul has said uh, for your design, please get us in contact with James. So it's time now to focus on the three weeks that were. So Paul said episode 214 was three weeks ago. I think we just need to shout out Josh Wright, who was so good in the interview and supported the podcast on his social media channels so well. Tweeted, liked, shared. He was awesome. Really good. A massive, massive thank you to Josh Wright for coming on and supporting the podcast. So course of Monday, the 17th of August, if you cast your mind back, three weeks, it was the draw for the EFL Trophy and the O's were drawn in Group G along with AFC Wimbledon, Charlton Athletics and Macaulay Bond. 
face his old yep. team. Yeah, and an invited team at this point who were yet to be confirmed. Um, on Chihue Tuesday the 18th of August the first round draw for the Carabao Cup was made at 10 o'clock and we were drawn away to Forest Green Rovers that tie was played on Saturday the 15th sorry the 5th of September I beg your pardon yeah so more on that tie obviously coming later in the pod and the draw for the invited clubs in the EFL trophy was made and we were drawn with Brighton and Hove Albion's under 23 making up our group like we said alongside AFC Wimbledon and Charlton so a bit of deja vu there as we had uh, Wimbledon and Brighton under 23s in the competition last season but like I yeah. said you know it's a shame that there won't be fans at the Charlton game or probably won't be fans because you know Macaulay Bomb if he played with something to Orient would get an amazing reception as he should do yeah as he deserves 100% agree yeah, yeah absolutely so Wednesday the 19th of August then the first JE3 Foundation Cup match took place and our second pre-season uh, friendly as we faced Spurs' under-23 team, which was being live-streamed free of charge on YouTube. The first group, starting 11, lined up with Sargent in goal, Ling, Turley, Happy, Brophy, Dayton, Shabani, McEnough, JMD, Angle and Satoru. Yeah, so Spurs' under-23s were managed by XO Wayne Burnett and they started with two familiar names uh, in their squad as ex lonies George Marsh, was named as the captain and a loan signing who we never got to see play due to injury and obviously the season ending much earlier than yeah. anyone anticipated Keziah Sterling and it's fair to say this was a very open match lots of goals lots of chances we're just going to cover this one briefly and just really talk about the goals of which there were many there were the O's took the lead in the 22nd minute courtesy of a quick free kick by JB McEnough and a great piece of skill from James Dayton who beat the keeper one on one to make it 1-0. Yeah, five minutes later, Lee Angle scored his second goal of pre-season as he ran on to a superb through pass, beat the keeper really well to yeah, double our goal. lead, make it 2-0, took it really sharply. Really yeah, well. he did. He was really good. We were on a purple patch of form here as we increased our lead to 3-0 as another long ball found Jordan Maguire drew who chipped the keeper just past the half-hour mark. Great finish there by JMD who was having a really good game yeah. in this one as well. So with 36 minutes on the clock, Sam Sargent was beaten by a deflected shot to make it 3-1. And Spurs narrowed their lead shortly after. Again, there's a header from a cross-beat sergeant to suddenly make it 3-2 just before half-time, which was the way it stayed at the halfway stage. Yeah, there were no changes at half-time. And in the 58th minute, Ruel Satoru intercepted a pass just inside our half, and he drove forwards, holding off three Spurs uh, players. He laid the ball off to Liango unselfishly, who finished well to make it 4-2. That was superb play from Will. Really Ruel. good. Good defending. Read it, read it well and just drove forwards and the strength he used, he had to hold these three guys off yeah. I thought that was a superb piece of play from him I would agree and a cracking finish from Anne Goal there yeah. as well so on the hour mark Ross made changes to the 11 for the final 30 minutes so the 11 were Vigaru, Willowson Ogie, Coulson Judd, Cissé Wright, Clay a trialist who we all know to be Shaq Coulthurst Johnson and Wilkinson Fast forward then to the 82nd minute now and Connor Wilkinson's free kick cannoned off the underside of the crossbar and came out to trialist Shaq Coulthurst who bundled the ball home to make it 5-2. Yeah, and just before full time, five became six as the impressive Connor Wilkinson who had a really good impact when he came mm-hmm. on played in Danny Johnson who superbly curled his effort past the Spurs keeper to make mm-hmm. it 6-2 which is how the game finished. A great finish there from Danny Johnson and to take the positives out of that scored six goals Liango looking very sharp Johnson looked really good Connor. Wilkinson looked good Rowell looked, Rowell, like yeah. I mentioned made the assist so attacking wise 
Ross Bodwin really, really happy with that. Absolutely. Uh, after the match, Joby McEnough lifted the JE3 trophy, which was presented to him by Justin's wife, Kerry, and son, Charlie. Big scoreline that, um, in terms of my views on this game. Good for confidence, even though it's against the young and sort of relatively inexperienced side. Yeah, absolutely. So, can't read too much. Like we've always said about pre-season, I don't read too much into it. If we win win big or lose big, it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, I agree there. Good performance. Uh, we pulled Spurs apart at times. Well, JMD, like I said, played well, as did Wilkinson. Good to see Angel get another two uh, alongside Johnson in court first. So, moving on into Mooney Friday. Possibly the most exciting day of pre-season for most people. This the fixture day. It is if... I found it a little bit underwhelming this year because you knew you weren't going to that first game. Or first however many games. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. that weird juxtaposition of it is. it's great because we can go... Oh no, we can't go to all these places. Yeah. yeah. So the League 2 fixtures were announced at 9am. We're just going to mention the key dates really. Opening game, as you all know by now, September the 12th, next Saturday, away to Oldham Athletic. Colchester away, local derby on November the 14th. So hopefully, maybe... You would hope you'd be in a football stadium by then, but as away fans, probably not, to be honest. I wouldn't um, imagine so, unless the ground's that big and Colchester's is big. And to be fair, the away end is a self-contained end. There'll be a fair few Orient fans who are already re- registered as Colchester members, I would have thought. Probably. With Colchester or, postcodes. Or suddenly going to be doing it off the back of you saying that, yeah. Yeah, but don't do it, boys. It's not right. It's not <laughs> me. Uh, December 29th, a biggie, a South End visit the Brea Group Stadium or Brisbane Road. And on June, uh, sorry, January the 30th, a game that I'm hoping to get to is Bolton away. Well, if away fans can go, we would if hope that's the one. That's a big game, a, a big stadium that you could feasibly host an away end. Yeah, I mean, that's the one you look at and you go, if you are going to get to an away game, that would be the one that you probably that's the one want that to get to. That's the south end away, yeah, basically. I can't imagine Bolton are going to be in League 2 for, for... Well, you never know, my friend. February 6th, Colchester... Return the fixture. We play them at home on that date. Yeah, and then on the twenty fourth of April, we've got the away fixture at Southend. Yeah, and to close the season on May the eighth, we travel away to Salford. Could be a time we'll decide on that one. Come on, you O's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that we're first and last game away from home, and our Christmas game away from home as well on Boxing Day, which we haven't mentioned. Yeah, but I mean, last year we had all three of those at home, so it evens itself out, didn't we? We had Cheltenham at home. Uh, last season yeah, and we had true. Colchester at home and we were supposed to play Exeter at home so Good I think memory, it's just the way yeah. the fixtures balance themselves out but I guess we'll see what happens so Saturday the 22nd of August it was time for our third pre-season friendly and the most difficult so far as we visited newly promoted League 1 Northampton Town for a 1pm kickoff. again this one was live on YouTube. Yep, starting 11 for the first half was Vigaru, Judd, Coulson, Happy, Widdison, Cissé, Clay, Dayton, Wilkinson, Satoru and Angle. Yeah, again, we'll cover this one very briefly. Nothing yep. to report until the 15th minute, but at that stage, Northampton took the leaders across from the right, found Sam Hoskins, who volleyed past Lawrence Vigaru to make it 1-0 to the home side. Good finish. Um, no chance for Vigaru, I thought. For that one. Yeah, we almost equalised a minute later as Lee Angle's free kick hit the crossbar and in the 34th minute there was a penalty appeal for the O's as Us Cisse went down in the area. The ref waved play on as the half came to a close 10 minutes later with Northampton still leading 1-0. Yeah, the O's came out unchanged for the second half but the first change came on the hour mark as James Brophy replaced Raul Satoru 
and he got into the action. Two minutes later, his shot went just wide off the post. Not much to talk about until the 85th minute as a foul on Misalu led to a cobbler's free kick in a dangerous area. It's delivered in by lines before Johnson saw a header tipped behind by Vigarou. And the match came to a close shortly after as the O's suffered their first defeat of pre-season as Northampton saw the game out what, to win 1-0. Yeah, so obviously the team wearing their lovely new black shirts. As we both as we are, we'll get the photos love this shirt. after the episode. I like it. Genuinely, I've never had this much like desire to wear a shirt as much as I have for this one. Yeah. Looks really, really smart. Looks it is very, very good. Very good on you, how much Thanks, likewise. It makes everyone look really <laughs> svelte, as well, like really slimming. It does, yeah. The red one, I think, has that potential to make it, like, if maybe you've got a bit of weight on the midriff, like, it accentuates it a bit. Not that I'm, like, this fashionista or anything, but I think that if you've got a little bit of a tummy, don't bet buy the red one, buy the black one. <laughs> I think it's, I think it will fit you better. The fashion outlook with Mr. Paul Levy. outlook, new podcast. <laughs> so, Ross, after the game, said, we created chances, we needed that little bit more quality around the box, but there are the things you get out of pre-season. Yeah, I thought it was a decent test for us against opposition who just got out of our league um, in the last in you know in the last season. Sounds like we created a lot without finishing, and although we didn't mention it, all those all the options in there, we've kind of um, skimmed through it. But let's hope we leave that sort of form in pre-season and don't take that into the season with us. Yeah, good workout. You know, pre-season, like we always say, is never really about the result. It's all about getting fitness. Uh, so good to get another game for the squad and against like a proper men's team as opposed to an under 23s team absolutely and a team who recently like you said got promoted yep done what we you know endeavour to do this season yeah absolutely 24th of August Monday uh, was Ruel Satoru's 20th birthday so happy birthday to you yeah later in the day the club announced our fifth friendly match of pre-season would be against Gillingham at home on Saturday the 29th of August kicking off at 1pm sticking with Monday the 24th in the evening the club held a Q&A on YouTube with Nigel Travis Kent Heath Danny Macklin and Martin Ling uh, where streaming the salary cap the Orient squad expectations for the season and much more were discussed and I think well done to everybody that did that you don't know that any other club is as open and transparent and as accessible accessible as the people at our club are yeah I mean whether you agree or disagree with what the board are doing or what Martin Ling is doing you have to I guess commend them all for winning to take questions from fans all over the world go live on YouTube and answer and obviously we've got a bit more uh, a Q&A because there's a new one coming up um, tomorrow yeah there is we'll talk about it so uh, Wednesday the 26th of August another birthday happy 19th birthday to young Oshadrak Ogi yeah match day uh, on the 26th of August we had West Ham's under 23s the starting 11 for this was Sergeant Ling Turley Wooderson Ogi Makanoff Papadopoulos uh, Wright, JMD, Johnson and Satorio. So West Ham came out and really went for us early on. They took the lead in the fifth minute as Joe Widowson was caught in possession midway in our half by Sean Adakwa, who stole the ball from him, slipped in Misaki Diju, who finished past Sam Sargent to make it 1-0. We went further behind in the 12th minute from a superb Dan Kemp free kick which went in off the post, beating Sam Sargent, and we were 2-0 down. That was a cracking goal. Yeah, Dan Kemp at Stevenage last season, we were linked to him. Uh, and you were saying before we started recording, now at Blackpool for the season. He's signed for Blackpool on loan for the season, yeah. Joining Marvin Ekpeteta could be worth a cheeky bet for the outside of the playoffs, potentially. Bit of, yeah, a bit of a revolution going on at Blackpool. Yeah. Nan- Nandwale, our man Nandwale has just left there. Um, he left and went back, and okay. now he's how he's been released. I see a few other people, Sean... Sean Scannell left there. He's he, gone to Grimsby. 
from Blackpool, I think you'll find. Yeah. Um, so they've had a clear out of a load of older players and got a load of younger, hungry, hungry players to come in. I think Blackpool will be a bit of a dark horse. Might be worth keeping an eye on them. See what happens. Not only giving you the latest Orient news, but giving you good fashion advice and and legal shame, advice. Shame, shame, shame. There's no betting uh, partner. <laughs> yeah. So. West Ham, we were 2-0 down. They extended their lead even further in the 35th minute as Dan Kemp had the beating of Joe Woodison down the left, crossed across the goal. Sam Ling turned the ball into his own net to make it 3-0 to the visitors, which is how it stayed until the half-time mark. For the second half, only Sam Sargent remained as 10 changes were made with now Judd, Coulson, Happy, Brophy, Cissé, Clay, Ifianyi, Dayton, Angle and Wilkinson all came in for the O's yeah so second half we played a lot better uh, basically we pulled a goal back in the 69th minute as a long kick up field from Sam Sargent bounced Carney in front of Leanne goal who's about 25 yards outside the goal and after a couple more bounces the ball fell perfectly for Lee who finished again really well past the keeper and although we had chances to kind of pull a few more goals back later in the game the game finished 3-1 to the West Ham under 23s like I say I wrote at the time I never read too much into pre-season results not that fussed good to see another goal for Lee I think that was his fourth at that point in mm. pre-season uh, and I did write not convinced yet about Joe Widdowson as a centre-back although he can play there just because he can play there should he play there mm. you know, that's not his preferred position we know you are going to get the best out of Joe Widdowson at left-back because that's where he plays mm. and that's obviously where he probably I imagine prefers playing mm. but obviously with Brophy in that left back slot his chances for left back will be rather limited won't they yeah, yeah. but I mean looking at the highlights I don't think Woodhouse would have done himself any favours yeah. for being considered as a centre back but then he, he wouldn't and he wouldn't be first choice over Dan Happy either no or Coulson I would have yeah well Coulson's right sided but um, yes yeah, sorry yeah but, but in terms of that left left back I mean yeah Joe Woodison would probably be back up to Dan Happy. So yeah, and Brophy, I would yeah. say. I mean, he's a good player for the bench if you think he can play either left back or centre back. So he, he's adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're looking to shut up shop in the last five ten minutes of a game, you might have a steady fresh pair of legs on, and that would be Joe Woodison, really, wouldn't it? I do agree with you. Um, uh, you know, I never look into uh, pre-season matches too much either. I mean, it's nice to win them just to get that momentum, but it doesn't guarantee anything really. While winning is nice. Um, yeah, it doesn't count for much, and it's time to try stuff out and see if it works. That's the time that you try these Joe Widdersons at left centre back to see if they work. Uh, I'm sure the players want to win, the defence want to keep clean sheets, and the strikers will want to score goals. And someone told me that West Ham's under 23s were uh, were littered with um, a very high calibre of international Brazilian, I think Spanish international under 21 players. So they weren't a pushover. And I think you said before we started recording that they. They won, won their, their league last league, season, yeah. Beating the Manchester United. Yeah, to, good team. Um, yeah, they're a top academy side, so it was no um, no um, dishonour on our part that we lost that. Yeah, so moving on in time for the next game. So Saturday, 29th of August, Gillingham at home. And the starting 11 for this one was Vigaru, Ling, Turley, Happy, Brophy, McEnough, Wright, Cissé, JMD, Wilkinson and Johnson. Yeah, nothing particularly significant to report in the first half, to be honest. Joby McEnough had the first shot of the half as he found space about 25 yards out and got a shot off, but it was saved well by Bonham at around the 20-minute mark. Yeah, again, possession, free kicks, couple of chances for both sides, nothing really to talk about. Nil-nil at the break, and then Ross made one change at half-time as Leanne Gold came on 
and replaced Connor Wilkinson. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Gillingham enjoyed more of the possession in the second half, but it was a huge opportunity for us to take the lead in the 69th minute as a long ball went up to Danny Johnson, beat his man, raced into the box and Gillingham players seemed to get drawn to the ball, leaving JMD unmarked and the ball eventually came to JMD. Um, he shot agonisingly wide, which is the way it stayed until the 89th minute. Yeah, so we've taken the following tweet from Gillingham's official Twitter account. So Tucker goes to clear, misses the ball, and the pace allows it to run into the path of Johnson. Bottom comes out to narrow the gap, but the resulting chip is perfect, nestling into the corner. So Danny Johnson makes it 1-0 to the O's. got to say, an absolutely blinding finish uh, yeah. there from Danny Johnson again yeah. talk about strikers confidence and pre-season composure, yeah. great composure uh, and a goal that we haven't really seen from him like all the goals we've seen from him in an orange shirt been in the box like reacting to chances that fox in the box whereas this goal you know the defender makes a mistake he's still got an awful lot to do and you could say well the keeper goes down a bit early but it's a cracking finish though from Danny Johnson well yeah. played son yeah absolutely and that kind of is reflected in my comments later on about yesterday's goal um, as well for him that's how the game ended with the final couple of minutes to be played out and I thought you know, Gillingham was a very decent test for us they're obviously a decent league one side with good players like Mellis O'Keefe Akindi um, John Akindi obviously ex-Barnet and Lincoln we, you know, so they're, you know, they're a strong side they're, not, they're no mugs um, we were strong in defence and despite a lack of clear cut chances Johnson took his goal superbly so you know, Gillingham had a lot of the ball they pressed us quite heavily we had that one chance and we scored it and that's unfortunately how your luck goes Even we've seen it plenty of times when we've had the upper hand and someone's nicked the goal from us and we've not because we've not been clinical enough in both boxes we talk about that a lot last season the season it's a reoccurring thing okay. I was just going to say Due to part-time furlough, I listened to the first half of our season finale on Friday when I walked to Loughton. And um, I've got to say, Nigel Travis, if you've not listened to the last or the pre- or the season finale, we had both Kent and Nigel on. And I've got to say, Nig- they both speak really well, as they always do, but Nigel spoke really, really well about his expectations for this season. And everything that Nigel predicted would happen about when football would come back, how it would come back, has transpired to happen, as Nigel said it would. But we mentioned a lot about being clinical in both boxes in particular. You mentioned it a lot, but that's exactly what you just mentioned. We have to be this season, defend well. When you get your chances, you Make have sure to you take it. your chances yeah. up there. So for me, that 1-0 result, it's always nice to put one over Steve Evans. I will never forgive Steve Evans for as long as I live for that Rotherham playoff final. I know Steve Evans just done his job, but for that match, I will forever... Begrudging yeah. winning that game. To be fair to him, sorry to interrupt you there, to be fair, I He's listened been, to his, his post-match comments and he was very complimentary, complimentary about it. And considering him and Martin Ling have got a bit of a history, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was very magnanimous of him. He was obviously annoyed and upset that his team had conceded a, that goal. Um, considering all the possession they have, he obviously clearly expects more. But I, I thought it was nice. He didn't have to. Yeah, fair play to, to say that. And I thought it was nice of him to do that. I'll just never forgive him, though. Um, no, and that's fair enough. I get that. <laughs> Great to see Johnson, like we've said, get you one chance and take it. So that, that could be vital. You know, if that's a league game, that's turning one point into three points. And that could be the difference, literally, between 100%. a mid table finish and a playoff finish playoff. or a playoff or promotion finish. So at this point, both he and Leandro are really staking a claim to be that central striker in that 4-3-3 system because that is obviously where Danny Johnson wants to play in that number nine role in effect. And that's essentially where I imagine Lee Angle would want to play as well as mm. a centre-forward. And only one of them could play there. But when you've got two guys 
both scoring in pre-season gives Ross the headache that he would exactly want to have who takes that central striking spot. But obviously we can come on to that because we know who's going to start in the game on Saturday. Absolutely. So, so Bank Holiday Monday then, the 31st of August, the final pre-season friendly and our sixth as it was time to face Bishop Stortford away. So the team was named with Sargent, Marfo, Coulson, Willowson, Ogie, Young, Clay, Dayton, Ifiani, Trialist A, who we believe to be Rakish Bingham, and Trialist B, who was Shaq Colthurst, in a 4-3-3 system, no subs listed. And Mr Levy, you were there tasting ah, football. Smelling the grass. It was <laughs> tremendous. Um, yeah, it was really good actually. You got, um, you, not to harp on about it too much because it's been and gone and it was only pre-season, but you, have, you were temperature tested before you went in. You had to register, give your name. I know some fan, away fans went in the home end and just because of the way the turnstiles yeah. were and, you know, my name wasn't down. It was meant to be a plus one uh, from Adam, but it wasn't down. They just take your name and your number so they can obviously test and yeah. trace, track and trace, that sort of thing. Uh, contactless. Um, yeah, decent. Really good. It's a nice, nice away ground. Okay. Nice away ground, actually. Nice little non-league ground, to be fair. They've got, they've got a good set up there. Um, really wasn't the best of halves for us much of the play was around the midfield their keeper didn't have a save to make and we had no shots at goal on or off target except in the 37th minute yeah so Shaq Colfurst side footed first time into the bottom right corner after some decent build up play and a cross from our left hand side involving Shad Ogie and Brian Ifiani decent goal good finish for Colfurst I mean Colfurst in pre-season has scored two he's not played in every game but he's scored two mm. out of the game he has played play, in. Yeah. And I think I'll come on to it later. I think that's the one position. I think that's the, one of the two positions what I'm not sure about in terms of squad depth for us, which I will talk about um, shortly. But the referee bringing the half to a close with the O's leading 1-0. Yeah, second half, Ross made several changes as all uh, of the senior pros came off and replaced by youth players. Um, all of that said except Sam Sargent. Okay. Okay. And that's why some of the names in the original starting lineup you probably aren't that familiar with. In fact, actually, only Ifiani you probably won't be familiar with. But he looked very excited. He played another game and he looked very excited. Was that Spurs? The Spurs game? One of the streamed games. Spurs on Northampton and he looked, he looked pretty exciting for me. Yeah, and I saw a lot of tweets after this game that I think it said Young uh, really done well for the O. So basically, second half. A few chances for Bishop Stortford, nothing came of it, game was played out and we won the game 1-0, which brought a close to the O's pre-season fixtures. Absolutely. Um, good to see the youth players. Yeah. Good to see them getting minutes against men of a fairly decent, well they, Essex, uh, Isthmian League I think they are. So you've got the National League, National League North and South and then these guys. So if they win two promotions they're in the National League. So they're a fairly decent standard. Some of them look like they could play uh, play football as well. Um, so yeah, it was good to see our youngsters, good to see what the academy, because I don't go and watch youth games, unfortunately. I should, but I just don't get the time to. Um, so it's nice to see what, what we've got on the conveyor belt. And I thought there was a couple of young lads in our um, in our um, academy that looked quite good. Matt Young, I think his name was the yeah, number yeah. four. He looked pretty decent um, as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who the next crop of Satorius and Ling and Judds, if you like, are. So, so, yeah. Good to end pre-season with a win. So, we've been mm. on it to Wednesday, the 2nd of September. We announced that James Cabby 
of the Zycabby as our Prediction League sponsor for the coming season, which we've already mentioned. So again, don't forget, 15% off both Design Cadby and AJF Plastering. At six o'clock, the club announced that right-back Jordan Thomas has joined us on loan for the season from Norwich City. Yeah, Jordan Thomas tweeted by saying, really excited to join Leighton on loan for the season. Can't wait for the season to start. So for me, an interesting signing, I think. We have two right-backs already at the club, no surprise, obviously, in Sam Ling and Miles Judd. You know, for me, I think Jordan probably fits better into the four-three-three system than what we already have. You know, both Miles and Sam are decent right backs. I think at League Two level, but I don't think they're going to be like Brophy on the left, who can bomb you forward, get you up the pitch quickly, and has got pace to get back quickly. I think that's what Jordan Thomas can offer, and why he's been bought in because he's a different type of right back. Um, saying that, I don't think he'll get into the first team straight away, but I think he will eventually crack into the first team. And I think he'll be challenging for a first-team spot. He's not dropped from the Championship to League 2 to sit on our bench. Yeah. Um, and I think he, from what I've heard of him, knowing if a Norwich fan at work, he, he sounds like a good young player who seems like he could do what Brophy offers on the left. So we'll see what happens. Good, I, good shout. Um, I agree with you about Jordan fitting better into Ross's preferred style. Does this thing mean that maybe Judd might be off? There's a question mark there because you can't have three right backs and keep all three right backs happy because there's no way that you could even play. You could play really more than one of them because the other positions up the, uh, across the defence or in the pitch, you know, they're not centre halves, they're not uh, midfielders. So you'd argue that maybe Sam would probably be slightly ahead of Miles, uh, or maybe Sam will go out. Well, based on who's been playing in pre-season more, you would expect Sam Ling to be ahead of Miles. Yeah. But then it's not like a Widowson case. Miles Judd can't really be played centre-back. Neither can Sam Ling. That's right. So, yeah, yeah you've got three vying for one position. So we had a few tweets about this signing. Paul51270 said, signing a third right-back seems odd. I don't get the persistence with Widowson at centre-back, which I assume is the plan if necessary, and then Judd or Ling will be the cover for left-back. I don't like the lack of quality and depth at centre-back, but having said that, I rate him a lot. Experienced at a high level and hugely talented. A friend of mine is a Norwich fan and is a huge admirer of him, so I reckon we've got a real still getting him on loan. Welcome, Jordan. Absolutely. Stephen Orient tweeted saying, I think with Jordan Thomas arriving, Miles or Sam have a long-term injury or one is leaving. And this Jordan is a decent centre-back too. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Right-sided, could be. Lee Boyce 23 was very happy with this one. It will give the shape of the team a lot more balance going forward. Ross has certainly put his stamp on the squad with actually bringing many players in. Exciting times for us all. I think that's meant to say without actually bringing Oh. But it doesn't say that in the tweet. I think it's meant to be without because we haven't brought that many in. Absolutely. Lee Boyce, get your tweets right. <laughs> Cheers for all your tweets though. Very much appreciated. <laughs> Uh, Saturday the 5th of September then the main event was Forest Green Rovers away in the first round of the Carabao Cup yeah. and before the game as you will probably always know it's been six months now since we've had it's to been do a while. Uh, or five and a half months since we've had to do a proper game uh, to cover a proper game uh, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one and after 198 votes in 24 hours this is how the voting ended. 4% thought Forest Green would win on penalties. 14% Orient would win on penalties. 39% thought Forest Green would win within 90 minutes. And 43% thought that Orient would win within 90 minutes. Very, very close there. Decent. Yeah, really For once good. the Orient 
your was, was the out, was the winning outcome there. So thanks to everyone who took the time to vote. At 2pm, the team was announced. So Lawrence Vigarou selected in goal with Sam Link, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy and James Brophy in defence. The midfield three made up of Craig Clay, Usise and Joby McEnough with the front three being Connor Wilkinson, Lee Angle and the fox in the box, Ginger Danny Johnson. <laughs> Sam Sargent, uh, Thomas, uh, Jordan Thomas, Widowson, Turley, Wright, Dayton and JMD were the substitutes for this one. Yeah, Dan Happy making his 100th appearance for the O's. I mean, that's some feat considering how young Dan he Happy is. is. Yeah. Well done, Dan Happy. Whilst captain Joby McEnough made his first start since the FA Trophy final. Didn't actually start a game last season, only got 20 minutes at the last Cambridge. game of last season. Yeah. yeah. Whilst Rossitori missed out, he was deemed ineligible to play after he was withdrawn from the Cyprus under-21 squad with tight hamstrings. So we hope, Rule, uh, your hamstrings aren't too tight and that you're available soon. But for me, decent team. Looking at that, the big question for me is, do you put in Craig Clay or Josh Wright? They, are, they offer, they're similar players, but they're fairly different as well yeah it's a real weird one isn't it yeah I find Clay's more defensive but it's probably a bit more solid defensively so that's obviously with Joby who's a bit more attacking based in my eyes and Usu's more defensive Ross obviously wants someone else who's more defensive minded in my view because I think Craig is a bit more defensive than Josh I thought I thought Craig preferred to get forward like Josh That's that's why I think they're two of the same player almost but Josh obviously contributed more last season in terms of the goals yeah. that he got. I mean, um, they are similar. They are similar players. And the surprising factor for me as well, because I thought Josh would have started over Craig, because Craig played at Bishop Stortford first half on Monday night, and I wouldn't have thought that he would have played that 45 and then yeah. most of the game, assuming he'd play all the game at the start of, of this, uh, against Forest Green. So I thought it was just natural that Josh would have been that guy but I mean, um, again it's a nice it's a good dilemma for Ross Embleton to have because he's got adequate players fighting for that place yeah he's got two players for every position and, and he's not going to be able to keep everyone happy and then the only other question for me is that I don't think Leangel was suited as a left forward I think Connor Wilkinson now is a right forward you kind of understand why he played like he, he knows that role he knows where to make his run yeah. I don't think Leangel is that player on the left I don't think he although again he can play there should he play there for the time being Yes, because there's no one else who can play there. So Turi who can and has done has done all right there. But that for me is the only question. I wasn't surprised to see Lee Angle there. Mm. But maybe him and Danny can switch it up a bit. Yeah. Maybe I mean, they can all switch it up so that they get the better of the you know, the defensive shape of, of the yeah, position. Possibly um, be interesting to see what happens. I mean yeah. What did you think of the squad? Yeah, solid on solid side on paper. You know, we we, we see the four three three formation. That I thought Ross had said that he wasn't particularly wedded to, but it seems that that it seems to be his preferred formation. I think he said it on the Orient Hour that uh, in their interview with him when he was in the studio that it, you know four three three wasn't his sort of choice, but it just seems to be that preferred um, setup. I'd be inclined probably no disrespect to Josh Coulson at all because I love him. Uh, great guy, great player. Um, but I thought. No, maybe go with Turley at right centre back just for his speed, not just for his speed. He's a very good defender, but also he adds the speed as well, which um, I thought would be advantageous to us. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Obviously, I mean, everyone's got their own opinions and first choices for starting eleven. We had a lot of tweets when the team was announced. We're going to mention a few that we got. Jack LOFC said I would start Judd for Ling and Turley for Coulson. 
PM31970 said, the team is as I expected it to be. Push Brophy forward later if required. Yeah, the tipping Tim tweeted us. New one. JMD must be the best player in Britain to not be able to get into a League 2 side. Wilco300 said, team looks well balanced. My only concern is we've taken a lot of goals and assists out of the team by not starting with Wright and JMD. It's yeah. a fair observation. Yeah, absolutely. So 3pm <laughs> time to kick off. Craig Clay kicked the season off for the O's and Lawrence Vigoury was called into action in the 8th minute. Sweeney's effort from distance was well saved by the keeper. Good save. I mean, a big save. I think he always had it covered. I think it never looked like it was going to be yeah. the cameras, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but obviously, you know, you don't want to go behind that early on, but no. a decent save. And figure we know, a decent keeper at this level. Yeah, and that was a, a very decent shot as well, to be fair. It was from about 35 yards out. It was going on goal. But yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't have not, if he'd have not saved it, I'd have been very surprised. Yeah. It was one of them. Forrest Green, though, took the lead in the 23rd minute as Sam Ling originally mistimed his tackle, which created space behind him. Forrest Green exploited that. Dan Happy slid in to block uh, Cadden's cross. Uh, the ball unluckily found its way into the net, which then put the hosts 1-0 up. And I guess if you're being critical, Josh Coulson comes forward because his man's dragged him out and then Josh has got to, to make that run back. And he, he's running back to then obviously cover, um, but he doesn't get close enough to their man to then be able to stop the block because obviously Sam Ling's being pulled out of position now. Um, I think that maybe you know if we were a bit more aware and a little bit more savvy, maybe we wouldn't have done that. If Sam Ming Ling makes that challenge and wins the ball, um, we're talking very different situation. He didn't, but yeah, we find ourselves one 0 down. I might just be a bit hypercritical here. Yeah, um, I may, mean maybe, but it's just what I've seen from the highlights of of the game. Just, I think it was just bad luck. If Happy gets his boot there and it goes over the bar, we don't even talk about Ling not getting near his man or Coulson not being quick enough um, but there you go one yeah. down four minutes later Vigoury was called into action as he was forced to make a save from Jamil Matt yeah and from the Orient Twitter feed on the 36th minute is an Orient free kick to the left of the penalty area for handball Joby to send this one in it's a dangerous free kick but McGee deals with it well in the goal and Forest Green Rovers break yeah there wasn't much else to report from the half which ended 1-0 to Forest Green Rovers so at half time and a lot of angry tweets actually obviously no doubt streaming is now a massive thing we'll talk about streaming a bit later on in the podcast but many many people watching this one at home uh, and lots having their views on Twitter at Nige Lad White tweeted us saying playing three forwards so centrally is a ridiculous tactic adopted by Embleton our team shape is too narrow which is why their wing backs are absolutely roosting our full backs Embleton should replace two of the forwards with wingers and use the full width of the pitch one Adam Conway said can one of our coaches maybe realise Brophy needs to play on the wing and JMD needs to come on for us to have a shot at goal Gary Hammond perks there's too many long balls and they look lethargic and lacking in ideas. Let's hope for a few changes, second half, and some passing. John Crab 3 said, Widdison is a left-back. Play him at left-back. Thomas is our best right-back. Play him at right-back. Brophy's a winger. Play him on the wing. JMD is a luxury, but he has quality. Play to his strengths. So hindsight is a wonderful thing. So the second half kicked off. No subs for the O's, and we only had to wait four minutes as Danny Johnson levelled the score with quite frankly a ridiculous tremendous beautiful lob Sam Ling started the move wasn't really a move really had a throw in uh, got the ball back uh, booted it upfield and Johnson <laughs> done superbly well to not only hold his man off but literally take a very quick look up and think I'm having this and first time I'm having it yeah. lob the keeper 
a quite fantastic finish there, take about Danny Johnson, and suddenly it's one all. It's really interesting to read back on those tweets at half time, knowing what the outcome of the game is. It's, it really is, it says a lot. Stunning goal, repeating his effort against Gillingham, um, and the, the composure, the confidence. Uh, and just the ability, really, just to keep that on top. If he could have fired that into the back row, he couldn't have hit that any better right. than what he did. And we spoke about strikers having confidence. I mean, he will be absolutely, after his last two games with those two goals, absolutely full of confidence and buzzing for the next one. As a yeah. striker, that, that, that's, that's all you need. What you want, yeah. yeah. That's all you need. A minute later, the O's completely... Well, 51st minute angle had a right-footed shot from outside the box. It was saved. And a minute later, it was get even better... Yeah, we completed a sensational, it's a very nice nice word there, sensational second half turnaround as Joby McEnough, who was pulling the strings in the middle of the park, found Connor Wilkinson out on the right wing. He ran into the box, glided past two Forest Green players and placed his shot under the Forest Green keeper to make it 2-1 to Orin. And that's another superb goal. That's two fantastic goals in the space of six minutes of a second half against a team who had arguably been playing better than us. He's got great feet, Connor. He's got great awareness. He showed that in games last season, how good he is with his... He's a tall boy. And, that, you know, it's not always given enough credit. He's got good feet as well. And he's just seen the opportunity and, and absolutely taken it. Fantastic goal. That was an absolutely superb goal. I mean, it might not sound so great when we're talking about it, and I'm sure Watch if you're listening highlights. to this podcast, you've already seen yeah. the highlights, but he took it very well. And the, the thing that impressed me about that goal is he made it himself, and I didn't really yeah. see that part of Conor Wilkinson last season. He gets the ball on the right, and he just runs at defenders and takes them on and beats them easily mm. and finishes well. I can't think of many times I saw Conor Wilkinson do that to that level last season. Mm. And you could say, you know, pre-season, getting fitness, confidence up. But if we can have that Conor Wilkinson throughout an entire season without getting injured, that, that is a player who would excite me and get me off my feet. And I've got mm. to say, cracking goal, mate. Well played, Conor. Let's have some more of that, please. Absolutely. Or it definitely continued to play the stronger in this one. Such a great start to the second half. In 53rd minute, Clay's left-footed shot from the left side of the box was well saved. And six minutes later, Connor had a left-foot shot from the right side of the box, which was also saved. Forest Green had tried their luck a couple of times in this half, but shots have been either high or wide of the Orient goal. Yeah, 72nd minute. He made their first subs. Craig Clay was replaced by James Dayton. I mean, interesting. You would imagine it would be right in a straight swap. Dayton, again, offers you something a bit different to what Clay and Wright both offer you. Yeah. Dayton can take more players on and... You know, can keep us up the yeah, field a absolutely. little bit higher. Absolutely. Josh Coulson's headed effort from Joby McEnough's corner was well saved by McGee in the 78th minute. Yeah, good save there. That super forehead will score sooner rather than I'm later. I'm sure it will. 80th minute, Joby McEnough went into the book as he got a yellow for a foul on Sweeney. And then he was shortly subbed after as Josh Wright eventually did come on the pitch in place of Joby McEnough. 88th minute, Lee Angle tried for a third time at... For a third, sorry, from a tight angle, but McGee saved well. And in the 90th minute, the third and final Orient substitution was made as Connor Wilkinson was replaced by Joe Wooderson. Like you were saying, tighten up at the back, Wooderson can come on yeah. and be adaptable at the back. So just give us a bit more fortitude at the back, really, and just pack out that, that back line. That's now, that's now a five at the back. Yeah, absolutely. So four minutes of time were added on. But we saw the game out and go through to the second round of the League Cup for the first time since 2014 at the expense of Mark Cooper and Forest Green Rovers and Ebba Adams having made a fantastic, superb second half 
come back and love that. it yeah and that so your views on yesterday's match Mr Levy yeah going 1-0 down and not playing well it did make my heart sink I won't lie I was out and about yesterday so I couldn't watch the stream but when you see that we've gone 1-0 down and like we're not playing great I was like ugh uh, but then to turn it around and score two fantastically blinding goals says we're up for a fight we have that critical mentality of being able to fight back and not letting our heads drop um, I think it's great that two of our strikers have got off the mark quickly shows they're full of confidence and well done to Ross and the team for the half-time team talk whatever he said at, uh, at half-time clearly worked he's made some good tactical changes substitution changes that have helped us to manage the game out properly um, and also feels great getting one over Cooper who said that uh, they were horrendous goals for them to concede and it, that's a very interesting perspective to look at because we, we quite rightly praise Danny and Connor yeah. but again if that was our defence I, I, I can see where he's coming from with that because none of them none of his defenders get close to Connor he beats them far too easily but yeah. you know, that's what Opens Connor does them up like a hot knife through butter <laughs> there you go um, so yeah also good to get one over Cooper and Adams and I haven't put it in there but Adams went, went in uh, was noted that he'd um, committed a lot of fouls never got a booking though apparently Portsmouth were looking at Adams are they? Apparently someone tweeted it. I don't know if it was an Orient oh. fan, but there you go. For me, a very good win. I mean, it's only the Carabao Cup. It's not the be-all and end-all, but I think winning breeds winning. And we spoke about that. When Justin was in charge, we spoke about that so often that winning, it's, it, it, if you can get a winning mentality as a football manager, that's half your job done. Correct. If you can get that mentality. So it's 80% mentality, 20% course, ability, right? Great win. I mean, like you said, when you see you're a goal down at 1-0 at half-time, all those tweets are coming in. You know, didn't have the best half. You're thinking, oh, come yeah. on, let's yeah. get going. But huge second half, great performance. Both goals I've touched upon, superb goals. And, you know, Danny Johnston excites me. Connor Walkerson excites me. And Connor wasn't exciting me last season for the most part. So I'm excited by that. Uh, and you have to say, you know, having Joby back, and I think everyone has alluded to it, that is, you can't underestimate the importance of Joby McEnough back on that pitch. Um, again, to the fan base and to the coaching staff and the players. So, yeah. That's massive, and again, you'll see a lot of tweets about Joby. Uh, you know, great opener. Hopefully, we can continue that against Oldham. Um, and kudos, got to mention him. This Ju- is the best thing, Julian <laughs> Lillington. Kudos to you, my friend. That is quite the effort. So Julian yeah. Lillington went up, made a journey, had a ladder in his transportation, uh, <laughs> and watched the match. Julian Lillington, you absolute legend. Could have just paid a tenner and saved his <laughs> petrol. But... <laughs> well played, my friend. So those were our views, your views. Again, these are all tweets that come to us at Orient Outlook Podcast. A massive thank you for the tweets that came in. And again, as the leading, I would say, social media account on Twitter, uh, it's great to have so many views to us. So these all came into at Orient Outlook. So El Cawado tweeted us and good results away from home a bit of a shake up first half but can't fault the second half performance may as well just give us the cup now and a side note nice to beat Mark Cooper 100% Boats he said great start to the season definitely a game of two halves Joby has been fantastic again and both Danny Johnson and Wilco took their goals really well may only be the EFL Cup but winning breeds confidence and hopefully we can carry this into the league. Yeah, exactly. Like I was saying, Molly Folly 2019, who's been quite critical of Ross's excellent win and good second half performance. How many times did that happen last season? Woeful in the first half, different side in the second. We got away with it today. 
but we need a 90-minute performance, and Embleton needs to sort this in readiness for the league. Come on, mate. He's literally just beat Forest Green Rovers. Give the man a break. Let's just, see what just, happens next Just say week. he's done well. He's, he's picked us up and dusted us down and got us a win, and there's there's like a backhanded compliment in there, honestly. Ingwerland, 2010. Two excellent finishes win it. Much the better team in the second half. Man of the match for me, Danny Johnson, pressured and chased everything. Yeah, so nice bit there from Mike, who watched the stream, enjoyed the stream. I've got to say, Mike, Percy Ingle, forever, mate, keep yeah. up the great work. So Mike, uh, Ingle Land 2010 is uh, Mike Ingle of Percy Ingle. George LOFC, says so Ross Embleton, half-time masterclass. <laughs> One of my favourite tweets. Really QB9 said, buzzing for Ross to get that performance out of the boys. Second half and to get one over on Cooper. Reckon a few moany half-time tweets have been deleted. <laughs> and after that, sec- after that second half, one win out of win. Lovely stuff. Yeah, LOFC 1978. It's a terrible first half, but a much better second. Scored the two goals early on when we were on top and defended well after. Great to see two strikers get off the mark. Nice to be in. Another cup draw as well. And that's going back to being critical in both boxes. We scored both goals when we were on top. And then when they came at us, we defended well after. Yeah. That's exactly what we've been talking about on this podcast. Being so solid in both boxes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not it's not an, it's not rocket science. If you stop the goals coming in and yeah. you score at the other end, you're gonna win football games, right? Kevin Callan said great result for the imposter, referring to Mark Cooper's comments last last season. Delighted for Ross and justice finally done over Forest Green, particularly Cooper and Adams. I think Joby's going to be such a key player this season. And interestingly, he's not playing on the wing. He's playing in the centre of the park. So where is a slightly older chap now? I don't think you mind me saying that. And him to not have to necessarily be bombing up and down the wings now and him being able to pull the strings in the middle of the park and the younger lads to do the running. I think Ross might have actually... Um, pulled a bit of a master Well, I, d- I mean, I don't think Joby's had the legs for a couple of years to play on the wing, but now with Joby, obviously you've got 20 years worth of professional football, a brain who can pick up a pass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's him that found Connor. Absolutely. He gets the yeah. assist for that, so. Underscore Football Lab says, very pleased for Ross Embleton generally, but especially given his history with this particular Positions. That's from Gabriel, not an Orient fan, a football journalist, so thank you for your tweet there. Absolutely. Orient65 said, just love Dan Johnson. He worked his nuts off and scored a quality goal. He worked really well second half with Leanne Goal. Yeah, Charlie underscore Paul said, full credit to Ross Embleton and coaching staff. He made outstanding decisions at the right times. Also, well done to the players for responding to the instructions that ultimately won us the game. Danny Johnson might just be the most natural striker in the league this Big year. Big statement. I mean, Big statement now. Only one game in, can't get carried away, <laughs> but based on his last two games, he could have a fantastic season. And the fact, I'll just touch upon um, the last tweet about his understanding, Danny's, with Leangle, maybe that will come into effect. The more they play together, the better the partnership becomes, and Leangle yeah. does actually become a forward who can play as a left forward. Mm. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. MS Orient said, Outstanding. That man is pure class. What a leader we have. Joby wears his heart on his sleeve. So lucky to have him. Yeah, at Pandemonium 1881. His first half was awful. Uh, both sides, if I'm honest, slow, deliberate, lacking creativity. And it was the old saying if they were slightly better because they were less poor than us. But second half, a transformation from the whistle. We imposed ourselves on the game in all areas of the pitch, particularly our attacking third. We moved the ball with purpose. Competed for the first and second balls 
and took two goals very clinically. Again, that word clinical. Could have had another. We were far the better side and deserved the win. Onwards and upwards. Yep. N Ramsden said, Johnson up front was superb. Held it up and was a nuisance all game. Brilliant comeback and a deserved win. Bet Ebu Adams is regretting leaving <laughs> us now. And the final word on Forest Green Rovers goes to at Matty LFC Evans, who had a brilliant tweet. It's a simple message for all Orient fans. Quit the moaning. Trust in Ross and the staff to choose a winning team. Johnson and Wilkinson are going to be a deadly partnership up front. I feel lovely to stick one to Mr. Cooper. And let's pray for a big team next round. Trust in Ross. Absolutely. So do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us. We're at Orient Outlook. If you're not on social media, you can email us, Outlook at outlook.com. And also, I know it's not in the plan, so I'm going slightly off-piste here, but the club have put this new streaming um, service together. I'd be very interested to know, because I didn't watch it, um, but I'd be very interested to know what people's, what fans' views are. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. Just for those that did watch it, tweet us. Be, yeah. be, be good to have some feedback on that, because I do intend to purchase it at some point. But yeah, just be nice to know what the pre-match, um, half-time and post-match analysis is like. Uh, from Ollie uh, and the guests that they have on that show. Yeah, he's a good guy. I saw Ollie at Bishop Stortford. I did. Good, good to catch up with him. Yeah, nice one. So, time for the Design Cabbie Prediction League update. So, well done to the tipping team at Orient Fan TV, Bayford underscore Joel, Chris Butt Sports, at David Rose 88, Rob J. Bennett, and at Tony underscore Antonio, who all predicted two once but didn't get any correct scorers. So, they all got three points. Wadsey, PDR1112. Um, Evilist Mick, George Girks, Wings Mad, Stroud Greeno, Peels the Dome Man, Dear Stu, Rob underscore Silverman, London Gary W, Tim Scales 94, Boatsy, LOFC 08, Orient Liam, Chris W underscore 1, blimey, Dave M1812, and Smoke Hose, who all predicted 2 1 and a scorer. So you guys all get four points. Nobody got the maximum five points. So nobody got 2 1 and both scorers. Lots of people had, uh, obviously, Johnson. And obviously yep. lots of people had Wilkinson, but no one had 2-1 Wilkinson Johnson. Right. Four Five. points there. Thank you for all your predictions in the Design Cabbie Prediction League. And we forgot to mention it in our uh, end of season roundup. Yeah. yeah, our first one. But well done to Steve Chaplin for winning the 19-20 Prediction League. He had 25 points in the end, which is a decent amount of winning predictions. Well done, Steve. Your mug will be posted to you this week. And obviously this year, we have a sponsor so much nicer prize coming for the winner. So James, get your finger out of your pocket now. You sponsor a top podcast. <laughs> Sunday, the 6th of September today, as we record this podcast, the draw for the next two rounds of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, that's a bit of an odd one for me. That was made at 2 o'clock this afternoon after the disappointment of having been drawn against our old cup foes Plymouth Argyle. This time we're at home in the second round. That quickly turned to excitement as the winner of this match was drawn to face Tottenham Hotspur at home in the third round. So for some reason, they've decided to do two draws in one go. We have got Plymouth in the second round. That's the next round of the Carabao Cup. And the winner of that game, uh, we're at home to Plymouth, plays Spurs at home. Now, whether fans will be allowed in or not is a different kettle of fish at that point. Because wh- wh- when is it being played? September 6th. 16th of September, I believe Tottenham would be. It's literally one That's week after... Week. It's not, not this week coming, that's the following week. Oh, I might be wrong then. Um, but yeah, okay. it, it, they're quite soon. I mean, Plymouth, I don't think, when we drew Plymouth, everyone's like, oh, it's Plymouth. I don't think that's a bad tie because I think that is a winnable tie to go through into the next round. So that I'm not really fussed about Plymouth. Yeah. 
at home it's a different if it was away I'd be a bit like oh really but at home I think that's more than winnable and what a reward awaiting you if you can do that yeah. at Tottenham I mean a lot of people said oh well it won't really be Tottenham because they're playing in the Europa League two days after but still it'd still be good to have Tottenham um, at home so Tottenham will be played on Wednesday the 23rd of September is right, the provisional okay. date to play Tottenham uh, Wednesday 18th of September is the provisional date for Plymouth at right. home although those two dates are still TBC but it's pretty soon-ish so mm. We'll see what happens. Got to beat Plymouth first. I wouldn't go counting any chickens yet, but it'd be great to play Tottenham. And then again, obviously, you've got the Justin Edinburgh connection should that happen. So Yeah, I mean, even if they put out um, some reserve-type players, there's still going to be a decent level because obviously it's not going to be Harry Kane coming then if they're in the Europa League two days later, unless you he's playing the first so. half or something like that. And it's not going to be Son and maybe it'd be Eric Dyer. Maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, delighted. Great, great draw for us. Good to be at home. Yeah, so just before 7pm, then the club announced that season card holders are invited to a special Q&A on Monday, the 7th of September, which will be available on YouTube from 7pm, as Chairman Nigel Travis and Vice Chairman and Principal Investor Kent Teague will be answering questions from season card holders, as well as saying a special thank you for the continued loyalty in difficult times, along with Danny Macklin and a few special guests who I presume are going to be players. I don't know who else you could have, really. Or Rossi, yeah. So, so I don't understand how they're going to do that if it's only open to season card holders. Because I haven't had my confirmation through that um, they've taken payment for mine yet. So, um, see what happens. Yeah. And it's tomorrow night as well. So they've announced it tonight for tomorrow night. So it's not a lot of time. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. Interesting to see that. So that rounds up where the club is at. So that is the last three weeks of action. So obviously the season or the league campaign gets going next Saturday. It so does. we, again, for as, as always. always, why not do some Twitter polls? We love a we good did. Twitter poll. So we asked you for So firstly, we asked you where you thought later on it would end up in League 2. And we had 307 votes for this one in 24 hours. So 5% of the vote said automatic promotion yep 11% thought we'd end up 16th or below and optimistic 30% said the playoffs 54% an overwhelming majority think we'll be 8th to 15th I would take that I mean I think I talk about it later in my views I think we'll end up around there but I'd, I'd I love I, to be surprised I th- see I'm kind of on the cusp of like sort of 7th to 12th I'm in that bracket I, I don't think that we'll finish much lower than 12th I mean I, I wouldn't put money on it because I don't bet on Orient but <laughs> never, never no no, bet no I don't Orient. bet on Orient but I think either if we don't make the playoffs we'll just we'll just miss out okay we can talk about this yeah um, a bit a bit later on so secondly we asked you yeah. who you thought would be this season top scorer we had a, a whopping 489 votes for this one in 24 hours so 10% of you for Connor Wilkinson. Joe, you know it'd be interesting if we'd done that poll today because I guarantee you Connor Wilkinson would be coming out of that with more than 10%. Or Danny Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 17% was Ruel. Yeah. In runner-up for this one, 29% of you said Liangle. And the overwhelming winner with nearly half the vote at 44% was Danny Johnson. So I think a lot of people would have felt that you know his goal yesterday would probably give that a lot of credence as well. And then we also asked where you thought this season's leading assist man would be. Who that? Sorry, who this leading this season's leading assist man would be? And after just two hundred and thirty-one votes in twenty-four hours, 
Just 3% went to James Dayton. Yeah, uh, lower than what I thought, actually. 8% went for Josh Wright. 43% thought James Brophy, but just Pippick him by 3%. So with 46% of the vote, Jordan Maguire drew was your choice. Yeah, your expectation for leading assist man. So our final Twitter poll, we asked you how many clean sheets you thought the O's would keep in the league and after 187 votes in 24 hours which is much lower than the others which is quite mm. interesting 6% of you said 16 plus I mean that is being ultra positive if we keep 16 plus I'll be delighted 16 out of 46 yeah. would be incredible 14% thought we'd be said we'd keep between 0 and 5 20% said between 11 and 16 but an overwhelming majority of 60% thought we'd keep between 6 and 10 that's nearly like 1 in 4 games would be a clean sheet yeah. well at, at that level really isn't it yeah at 10% the, the uh, sorry 10 games we keep clean sheets. That's like literally one in four, one in 3.8, something like that. So if you voted in Twitter polls, thank you very much. So again, it's probably time for us to talk about where we think we'll end. I mean, I think a top half finish is possible. 17th last season, you'd expect to build on that. Uh, with some luck, I mean, you'd have to, when I say some luck, I mean, hardly any injuries. A 20 goal season for Danny Johnson, Angol, Satoru, and Wilco all chipping in. We'd have to have. Maybe a, a lot a of from midfield as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got Louis Dennis gets I, game time, Josh Wright. Yeah, I mean, Louis Dennis, we won't even mention Joby. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a good squad, a League Two squad, and you can see there's a lot of League Two squads who have lost a lot of players who aren't going to be as strong as what they were last year. Colchester, you wouldn't expect to be as strong as what they were last South year. They've lost a lot of players. Yeah, the relegated clubs you look at, I mean, Bolton's been a complete rebuild job. You look at who you think will be up there, you go Bolton probably, but then. We were all saying that about Bradford last season and they didn't get anywhere near it. They missed out on the playoffs. You know, you'd expect Bradford to be up there, but they've lost James Vaughan. You'd expect Salford to be up there, but you know, they didn't really make a challenge last season. Everyone thought they would be up there. So But they've strengthened heavily this yeah. this, this summer. They've paid money for people, good money for people, players as well. So I'd expect Salford to be probably I mean for me, I've I've alluded to it and I think most people have alluded to it. I think we do need another centre back. I don't think Joe Wilson is a centre back. I think although he could play there, he, that's not his position. And mm. I think, you know, it's a risk of game playing in there. So I would like to see another centre back come in. And Angle, who who's had a great preseason, to be fair, he played really well yesterday. I just think there's not a natural left-sided forward to play in that left forward role. Maybe call first for Simon, and and he becomes your automatic choice for that role. You know, he's done all right in preseason. I don't know if he's still at the club or trying. And those are the two positions I look at. And you go, you need one more in those if if you want it. But in like you mentioned, I've not even thought about it. Louis Dennis, Louis Dennis could be the shining star who I'm completely overlooking. No idea. But I would expect, yeah, I would expect around about, I'd be happy with a 10th place finish. I would, if you said to me now you can take 10th place, I would take it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. What, so what are your views? Of what um, are you going well, for? by nature, I'm quite the pessimist, but this season I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic than I have done in previous seasons. Uh, we've got a lot more going in favour than, in our favour than, than, than most other teams have. I think the main thing is that we've got a very settled squad who've been together for three years now and, and I don't think that's to be underestimated. Yeah. That's really important. A lot of people talk about the, the, the um, togetherness in the dressing room and that's 80% of any manager's job is to make sure everyone's 
you know, a family unit, a tight unit. They fight for each other. They play for each other. They're honest with each other. Um, you know, we've got a strongly run club off the pitch, which is more than can be said for several clubs in our league. Um, you know, all right, we're losing an extra 1.5 million, but I think the club are doing a lot to help stem that and to, you know, we've had shirt sales off the off the scales yeah. this season. We've got an amazing sponsor. We've got a brilliant, brilliantly designed kit, a well-made kit. You know, we've got the streaming service um, that people are taking up. And I think, you know, the fans will, you know, spend their money as, as they can. A lot of clubs haven't taken season ticket money our fans have been quite forth, forward and forthright and gone, yep, no, take my money, even though I know I'm not going to get yeah. into the stadium. So, you know, I think there's a lot that, that, that can be said for that. Um, I also think we've got a manager and staff who bring a strong variety of qualities and a huge desire to win, which, you know, it's, it's Ross's team now. It's his backroom team. It's his playing squad and all the players buy into what Ross is about, which for me... You know, the credibility of the manager is, is, is important amongst the playing staff. Whether fans do or not, that's a different story. And you can see those that aren't a particular fan, and that's absolutely fine. That's their opinion. They're entitled to it. Um, but I think we've got the right man to take the club forward. It's interesting now. You win players talk about Ross they don't call him Ross it's the boss it's the boss yeah because originally well not originally but the gaffer he didn't want to be called well, gaffer well Justin was the gaffer one. so Justin Ross the is gaffer. the boss but you can tell they're the Ross players the boss. and like we said on the last podcast due to the Orient unfiltered you can see now when Ross talks to the players and when he, when he talks people listen yeah. he, he is well he's, he's, he's the authority he's the manager absolutely you know? so um, to answer your point earlier you know, or as we were talking earlier, I think I think realistically, I think we could do a top twelve, top thirteen finish, top half finish this season. I don't think it's unrealistic. I'm making this call now. I might be, you know, um, eating humble pie later on because you know if things go wrong and we finish at the bottom, real bottom end of it, then that would be a disaster for us. But I really can't see that happening this this season. I think there will be, you know, five to ten clubs worse than us. Much, yeah. much worse than us. So I don't see us being in that sort of scrap or issue that we had last season. And I see us being a top half finish. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. So those were our views. We um, mentioned at the top of the pod, we've got a nice little voice message about the expectations for this season from our sponsor, Adam Francis, who is currently in Turkey, summoning himself, but still not too busy to give us his view. So here's what Adam had to say. Um, it's only a quick one, really, boys, just to... Uh just to pick up on the tweet you put in earlier on regarding um, predictions for the season. Uh, like last season, again, I didn't really have much um, expectation. I think after the ups and downs of last season and then with everything that's gone on with the COVID-19, I think that uh, I think it's hindered a lot of clubs, you know. I don't think uh, if, if um, what happened, the pandemic had happened, I don't think we would we would not be you know, starting the season with more additions than, than, than we're not this season. I think that, you know, they might strengthen a little bit more, but, you know, I know people sort of get bored and, and you know, poo-poo the idea that, that, you know, we are a business, but unfortunately the people that run this club run it, you know, they, they run it professionally, they run it and they run it um, like a business. They, you know, they run it in, in a way that's going to protect the club and give us fans a club to support for many years. So, in that sense, the fact that we haven't signed that many players leading up to the start of the season doesn't really surprise me. But, uh, my prediction for the season, um, I actually think we're going to do okay. Um, I think 
Last season, you know, we had a couple of forward players there in, in Angle and Wilkinson that for, for one reason or another never really shone. Um, but they've had a decent pre-season and yesterday they showed their class in uh, you know some of their forward play and with Danny Johnson who is is probably that sort of striker that we've wanted for, for many years other than Bon obviously one of them guys that maybe score a tap in maybe you know uh, pick up on a second ball um, but the goal he scored yesterday was phenomenal and he'd done it pre-season against Gillingham too so I think our forward line's really really good I think we've got massive com- competition for places in the, in the midfield and, and attacking midfielding role um, a lot of people's um, on Twitter I've seen a lot of people that are doubting the defence me personally I think um, I think this you know we've got competition for places and the, not every player is always going to be to a supporter's liking but you know the club have decided not to bring in too many players, and uh, and Ross has also, you know, he, he's made his stamp on the squad. Um, I, I, I truly believe that if if, uh, if we get a decent start, not too many injuries, and also key, I think is Joby McEnough. If Joby McEnough can stay fit, it's like having another signing again. Um, yesterday's result, although well, it's a cup game. First game of the season, you know, first half was poor. I think we don't want to read too much into the fact that, you know, second half was as good as we was. Uh, it, it's just the start. But I urge all of Leighton Orient fans just to get behind Ross and the team. Everybody's always going to have their opinions. Everyone's always going to have their doubts. And everyone's entitled to all of that. But, you know, we've, as fans, we've missed out on football now for many, many months. And we all miss it terribly. So, rather than worrying about, you know, this player, that player, he's the right manager, the wrong manager, you know, all of these things that's going around on Twitter, me personally, I think, as a a fan base, you know, we've got a great fan base, why don't we just get behind the players, get behind the management, we don't need to get behind the board, because... Let's face it, this boards have done phenomenal, phenomenal things since they've joined. So, you know, my prediction for the season, I think we could be a dark horse. I think that maybe a couple of additions at Christmas if it's going in the right direction. I fancy us to be that dark horse that nobody else worries about, that dark horse that nobody else is even even looking at. Um, I fancy a playoff spot. Uh Enjoy your evening, guys, and um, look forward to listening to your podcast. See you all soon. So that was Adam all the way from Turkey. He says, Adam thinks we could be the dark horse, could nick a playoff spot. Mm. Adam, I hope you're right. Thank you for your message. Again, AJF Plastering, you know what to do, 15% off. So we sent out a tweet um, about uh, getting your views in. I had a lot of you, so thank you to everyone who has sent a tweet into at Out. They're still coming in whilst recording this podcast. So it's Steve Chaplin for tweeted us and it would be nice to think we could get to the playoffs but I feel we will just fall short hope I'm wrong though but it would still be a progression on last season Deadly Monkfish which is a new one for me said not sure we've quite got the core of the team to get top 10 and I feel not replacing Ekpeteta is a mistake I take anything above 17th as an improvement yeah Paul the Cali man said I reckon we will finish between 9th and 14th we won't put up many trees but we will be comfortably mid-table Chef Kemp 1 said 12th with a decent cut run would be great we've done extremely well to keep the group together let's hope it serves us well going forward that's actually a fair point decent cut run top half finish will be an extremely successful season even if we don't make the playoffs absolutely Mm. Les OK52 says I reckon lower half but if we can get a game against Tottenham I'll accept that gladly. 
We'll see what your tweets are like in a few <laughs> months' time, eh, Les? Uh, Magnus Pugner said, let's be positive. No reason why we can't be champions. Whoa. Wow. Got some strong options up front to get goals. Lots of creative options in the midfield. Some solid options in defence. And two really good goalies. Not to mention, good mix of youth and experience. Would like one more solid midfielder and dis- defender. Yeah, I hope so. Paddock Inspector says, utilise the low market well. Strengthen defence and every confidence of top 10. Outside chance of playoff. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, I think we'll do much better this season. A lot of fans talk about strengthening our defence, which I think is right. However think our forward line will be just as important. Pre-season games, the forwards have looked good. think we'll finish somewhere between 8th and 12th. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. Yeah, good tweets. Shrouds techno. So outsiders for a top three finish and also probably dark horses for the top seven. We have a lot of players with something to prove this year, which is a good thing. Rating exceed expectations. I mean, that's a good point about a lot of players with something to prove this year. There's a lot of players who will be out, out of contract, contract at the end of the season. So you know, they're playing for their futures in, in an industry where it's a lot players. more uncertain than yeah. what it was this time last year. Great point there. Absolutely. I hadn't even considered that. There's a lot of players out of contract. There are. I think most of this squad are out of contract. So a, a lot a of good them. Lot of them. Yeah, good lot of them. Yeah, they're in the final years of deals, so unless the deals are announced throughout the year, uh, throughout the course of the season, that's a- absolutely great point. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, wages are probably coming down a bit at, at clubs because they can't afford it because there's no revenue coming in, and there's a lot more players that naturally probably would have walked into other clubs that absolutely. are now sitting at home training by themselves. Yeah, yeah. something I hadn't even considered. Orient meat pie. I'd fi- I'd be happy with financial stability and sustainability and a mid-table finish, say around 12th. Anything more is a bonus, really. If we can become a bit more consistent, we may surprise a few people. Absolutely. Len M4 says, top half should be the target. Wasn't impressed by the quality of the opposition last season. I doubt it would have improved much during the break. Chris Kane, no, underscore, 1992. Good to see you uh, at Bishop's Dortford, Chris, uh, as well. I'd love, to, uh, I'd love a playoff place and a nice run in the Cups to earn a few quid in prize money. However... Realistically, I'd be happy with a mid to upper table finish, a third round home FA Cup tie, a decent run in the League Cup and a trophy too. Not too much to ask then. Uh, Fans being able to see games will be brilliant too. Hopefully, the fact that people haven't seen football for six plus months will help ticket sales and increase the budget for next season slash reduce losses from the Covid situation. Nice little economics lesson there from Chris Kane. Thank you, Chris. I miss you. Obviously, I wasn't at Bishop Stortford, but I do hope to see you very soon. Gorillas1985 says, I feel with our strike force and keeping the same team will mean we will be more consistent. I have a feeling we will sneak into the playoffs and Johnson will be close to top scorer in the league. I think we need a centre-back on loan and we have cover in every position. Paul Skinner, 88, said, minimum expectation, mid-table, predicted finish, maybe sneak a playoff place, only to have Wembley heartbreak <laughs> yet again. Lewis, one five double three five four zero five. says, we have basically the same players as last season. With this, it means the players know how each other plays. With a good group of experienced and youth players, if we rotate well, I think we could finish anywhere within the playoffs and surprise a few teams like we did in the Cup. I mean, to go back to that point, and again, Nigel alluded to it at the final uh, show of last season, is that that core has stayed together, which is what happened in Justin's championship-winning season. He kept mm. that group together. We were all sitting here moaning about only two players had come in. It wasn't what we wanted, but that season we were, had what the best season ever. Mm. So... 
you know, that, that could be very, very important that, you know, not many have come in, but also not many have left. So, speaking of players that have left, James Alaba signed, signed for Bromley. 20 goals minimum next season, James Alaba. You watch, watch. gets too many quid moves to Leicester. Next Never. Season. James O'Hagan tweeted <laughs> saying, mid-table to just outside the top 10, I reckon. Too many questions about the defence, even with a decent keeper. If that front three can stay fit, plus JMD, Ruel and Brophy, a man can dream, uh, we'll see a very good attack this season. Cautiously optimistic. And the last tweet of tonight's pod, I was just commenting how he'd been quiet on social media, comes up from John McIntyre, Essex Biz. Hope you are well, John. Who said, think we've a great chance of the playoffs and even an outside chance of automatic promotion. Obviously, we need to be lucky with injuries, but I think we are at a great starting point for the season with, for once, a fully fit squad. So Thank you to everyone yeah, who's done amazing. That. Those great. were all tweets that came in to at Orient Outlook. So anything that you want to tweet about Orient Outlook, please tag at Orient Outlook and we will retweet. Remember, retweets aren't endorsements. We do retweet pretty much everything that comes in. Yeah, it doesn't mean we endorse. Very important to get that across. So at Indeed. one hour... 16, which isn't that bad actually. No, considering it's seven games that we've we've, <laughs> we've covered here. So let's let's wrap this uh, let's, let's, let's wrap this up then. Fantasy football update: the Orient Outlet podcast. Fantasy football league returns for the 2021 season. So make sure you're playing on fantasy.premierleague.com and that you join our league if you haven't done so already using the code V for Victor N for November U for Uniform two two. R. That's V-N-U-2-2-R. That's the code to join our league. Does it work that if you were already in the league last yeah, season, yeah. you're automatically re-entered? Yeah, so if you haven't joined us, join us. Lots of players already in it. I've got a very strong team this year, Mr. Levy. Really? Very strong. Okay. I'm talking Salah. I'm talking... Really? My midfield is untouchable. I'm talking Salah, Aubameyang, Fernandez, Bergeron from Tottenham and someone else who's going to get me lots of points. I'm going to be up there this season. You watch. All right. Big statement. Big statement. Big statement. Big statement. Moving on then. (laughs) Positives and negatives. Yes, these are positives and negatives of the week. So I'll do positives. Go for it. Started the season off with a win. So like we said, massive for confidence. Great away win. Winning. Getting run over Cooper. Winning Cooper as well. Yep. Yep. Second positive is that second half performance was exactly the level that Ross will want to play at. Clinical up front. Clinical at the back. Um, and last positive we're through to the next round of the cup and we know now that if we win that game Tottenham Hotspur await us so some big positives there yeah negatives injuries to Louis Dennis and Royal Satori well, Royal's just got tight hamstrings but nonetheless yeah I mean um, they both don't seem too serious touch wood so hopefully they'll both be available sooner yeah. rather than later absolutely first half performance against uh, Forest Green I think that um, if we can eradicate I mean you're not going to play two halves of football like we did against the second half it's just for human beings it's just physically yeah. no, no team really does that not even Man City or Liverpool but um, you know, we need to be a little bit more stronger uh, and a little bit more consistent. Uh, and obviously, the negative: the fans not being allowed into the ground to watch it live. I know Julian made that trip and watched it from outside, but there you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's a time for our hero of the week. So, apart from Julian Lillington, who obviously we've mentioned, who deserves his own mention yeah. outright on the pitch, we kind of had two players that we were looking at. Joby is a close runner-up, but based on the whole of the week. We're going to give this week's hero of the week to 
Super Danny Johnson. Well done, mate. Lots of tweets coming in from Danny about Danny Johnson. So we hope he has the most excellent of seasons. So time yep. for next week's fixtures. Yeah, we've got two coming up this week as we entertain Brighton's under-23s in the EFL Cup on Tuesday the 8th of September. That's an early kick-off at 7 o'clock. And then on Saturday the 12th of September, we kick off our league campaign away to Oldham Athletic, who won their league Cup first round tie beating Carlisle 3-0 yeah great result for them so the club have asked us this evening to mention that both of these games will be exclusively streamed through the O's all new streaming service with pre-match half time and post-match analysis live from the studio with Ollie Buck who again we've saying his praises well done for all your hard work there Ollie yeah. and the team uh, from the studio so passes are on sale for these games £10 in the UK £7 for international viewers and you can find out more by going to www.ladiesandorient.com forward slash live so hopefully yeah. this time next week we're talking about two more wins and an excellent uh, couple of excellent performances and that, some yeah. more great goals to watch so sponsorship reminder as we just finished this week's podcast off don't forget for the best Plastering and rendering prices around. Visit AJF Plastering on Facebook, at Big Ads, LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering, rendering needs. That is it. Yeah. That, that is it for this week. So 2-1-5 in the can. So the season started with a very good away win at Forest Green Rovers in the Cowboy Cup as the attention turns to the EFL Cup on Tuesday before the start of our League 2 campaign, which starts away to Oldham Athletic on Saturday with our forwards looking good, scoring some superb goals and hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about more goals for them yeah if you're listening on iTunes please give us a five star review subscribe and if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify TuneIn and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll have them all available as soon as we've uploaded them yeah iTunes we haven't had a review since the 9th of March so I can tell we can tell that there were more than 79 people listening on iTunes so if you haven't reviewed us pull your finger out literally get your finger on that touchpad five stars and a comment and I heard on another podcast it's something to do with the algorithms in iTunes it would really help us if you guys could do us that favour give us a five star review just leave a brief comment we don't expect chapter and verse or Shakespeare just a very quick review um, of it we'd be very grateful and it would certainly help the podcast in terms of the, the, the rankings and ratings in, in, in iTunes and makes it easier for people to find yeah we are also on smart speakers so if you're lucky enough to have an Alexa or an Echo or whatever it is these days that's doing the rounds you just need to shout at it play the Orient Outlook podcast and your dreams will come <laughs> true and if you have an older relative a loved one or an Orient chummy you think will like the podcast grab their phone download it for them and pass the pod so we'll be back now with episode 200 oh go on Mr Lee no just in relation to what you're saying there we're going to be back now every week we're back in the full flow of a weekly podcast I know some people are travelling to work some are not and they're working from home so whenever and however you usually digest us and and listen to your podcasts uh, we're going to be back every week from now on uh, until the end of, of the season and hopefully being able to attend some of the matches as part of the media um, team if that's uh, permissible. Um, so we'll be able to bring you some hopefully some extra um, uh, content that maybe hasn't um, gone out there through our you know being able to see these games. I know the streams will pretty much cover it, but again, there might be yeah. bits that we'll be able to pick up. Uh, Dave and Matt Hiscox are doing the, uh, the, the commentary for that, so they're you know, really good at what they do and they pick it all up anyway. But again, 
we might be able to bring you some extra bits and pieces for the it. season. Love it. So normality resumes. So yes. you know we will be back. In short, normality And <laughs> You know all the information that you need, all the views that you need, they'll be right here. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep staying safe. Keep calm. Have a great week. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. <laughs>